Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. Over the past few months, we have opened our Bibles to look at the lives of a number of people, real people, and to consider parts of their life journeys. You know, God has used men and women through thousands of years of history for His glory and His purpose. And today, Walt and I want to consider the leadership and the impact of Deborah, a woman and a chosen judge of Israel. However, before we jump into the book of Judges, chapter 4, it's quite important for us to understand the setting at this time in Israel's history, what is actually taking place during the time of the Judges. And Walt, I know you love history, and you've studied history for Israel as a country, as a nation, as a people of the Lord extensively. So why don't you explain the history of the time of Judges? Well, thanks. Um, You know, even as I, I start here, Judges is not the most encouraging book in the Bible because it's it's a history um, during Israel's time when it's summarized by this statement at the very end of the book of Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Uh-oh. And everyone did what is right in his own eyes. And um, in, in some ways, I feel like that's kind of becoming the story of our history. But the, the book of Judges talks about a cycle that's repeated numerous times. The people of Israel sin against God, and they are disobedient, and they are in rebellion against God's laws. They, they're just not listening to what God had told them to do. And then an enemy comes upon them, and the people then cry out for help. God, help us, help us. And then a judge, which is it's way more than just um, a, a judicial seat for us. It's a, a judge is someone that's sent to help rescue the people and to lead them back to God. And so we begin in Judges chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. And the people of Israel again, see that keyword again, did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan. And at this point, you should go, oh no, here we are again. He reigned in Hatzor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harashath Hagiim. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. For he, Jabin, and specifically then Sisera, they had 900 chariots of iron, and, and they oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. This isn't just like a bad day or a bad week or a bad month. This is 20 years of oppression. And and even just setting the tone in these first three verses, we see this cycle. The people did what's evil. The Lord allows an enemy to invade and subjugate these people for 20 years. And then the people of Israel finally cry out, Lord, we've tried to do everything our way. We need your help. So Jabin is king of Canaan. He reigned over Hatzor, one of the largest cities in the ancient Near East at this time. Very large, uh, over 150 acres, 
large. And, and for 20 years, he's been oppressing these people, the people of God. And Sisera is commanding Jabin's army, and, and they have 900 chariots of iron. And even as I say that, I mean, think about like tanks. I mean, these things were the the military top line. They could cut through uh, people like nothing. Um, some of them would have even blades on the end of their wheels, and the, the horses would have um, a, almost a little bit of armor. And as you think about that, and you think about that, what they're doing to the people of God, I want to pause and I want to ask a question. And remember, we always want to learn more about the Bible. We always want to question more about, okay, God, what does this mean? But then we have to stop and we say, okay, Lord, I, I, I learned some things in my head. Now I want them to, to penetrate my heart. And, and we ask this question, and I ask this question of myself. I, who are you trusting in? Who am I trusting in? What am I trusting in? And, and what do you believe gives you strength that allows you to be successful in life? Is it your hard work or your education or your financial um, success? What gives you a sense of success? In this case, the people of Israel had just turned their backs on God in many ways, and God had allowed them to be subjugated by this, this cruel uh, leader of Canaan. Well, well, you know, as you said that, and you're, we're looking at the history of Israel, but this story this week on our podcast actually takes place probably in one of our most favorite places and areas in Israel, right? Hatsar, north of the Sea of Galilee. And then the battle that we are going to be looking at today actually takes place on that plain of Megiddo. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we continue now in chapter 4, verse 4, in the book of Judges. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. So what we see here in Deborah is a woman who has a personal relationship with God. She is yielded to the Lord. Her name, often we share the meaning of names. They're important in the Bible. Her name actually means honeybee. And you know, when we think of the honeybee, they're known to be hard workers, right? Workers for the hive. They follow the instructions that are given to them. They do the jobs that are assigned to them. They answer to one leader. And we see that in Deborah. She listened to the Lord. She follows him. She trusted his word to be true. And she fulfilled her God-given work with and, great purpose. And just a little behind the scenes of Walt and Brenda McCord, my wife loves honeybees. She has <laughs> them around our house, and, and part of it is their diligence, and, and their um, they, they work hard, but also that following instructions. And that's what the people of God are supposed to do. They're supposed to follow his instructions. So if you ever come and visit us, you'll see a bunch of honeybees. The honeybees. Uh, they'll be everywhere. I'm, yeah, because that's what my name starts with, <laughs> a bee. So it's a good reminder, right? And I love the story of Deborah. She is a prophetess. We know she's a wife. We 
believe that she was a mother. For sure, she was a mother to Israel. We don't hear about her physical biological children, but um, it's the poetic version in Judges 5 seems to infer that. She's been given a position of authority. She actually sits under the palm of Deborah. She is the only female judge. We, in fact, see her as a very charismatic military leader, and we're going to see that today. She is available for the people of Israel as they come to her. They sought her out, what, for her wisdom, her guidance, her insight. She was a discerning woman. Why? Because she looked to the Lord. It wasn't from her, Deborah, but she drew her strength and her courage from the Lord, and then that was infused from Deborah into the people of Israel. And one of the interesting things, she was from Ephraim, which is south quite a ways. I mean, it's it's not a, 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 a half day's walk. It's a, it's a couple of days. She's from there, and she's coming up to this area that's farther north, and we'll see why that's significant. So as the text continues, she sent and summoned Barak, and, and said to him, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? What she seems to be saying is, you've already heard from the Lord. He's commanded you to gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking about 10,000 men from the people of Naphtali and Zebulun. Now, these are the two tribes of the north that have been being subjugated to this king of Hatzor. And then I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and with his troops, and I will give him into your hands. And so just a couple of of, of points here. The Lord uh, has commanded him, but it seems like he's hesitant to go, and we're going to find out that is true. He's hesitant. Um, Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, and and this is the, the northern mountain here in this Jezreel or the Valley of Megiddo. And and the two tribes, they're from up there. One is from Nazareth area, up on the Nazareth Ridge. The other is from the mountains around the Sea of Galilee. And, and they're very close to Mount Tabor, but they come down and from the mountains of Galilee and from the Nazareth Ridge. And the Lord says, I'll draw out Sisera, the, the general of Jabin's army. I'll give him into your hands. And and two key important notes, Um, there are iron chariots, and there's the river Kishon is involved. And and again, think of the plain of Megiddo. It's it's a large plain. It's it is known for military battles through years and years, and yet it's surrounded by by various mountains all around it. To the, the south is Mount Carmel. To the north is the Nazareth Ridge. To the east there's Mount Tabor, and and um, there's there's hills all around it, and they all drained through this area and out to the Mediterranean Sea. Well, in this case, the enemy has 900 chariots, and, and when, always when I get here, I, I'm reminded of Psalm 20, verse 7, where David says this, Some trust in chariots, well, that's Jabin, king of Hadzor. And some trust in horses. Well, that's the Egyptians, and that's here what they're trusting in. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. When we're living right, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And when they were living right, the same thing. Barak demonstrates his, his lack of trust and really his lack of obedience. 
And will the Lord really be able to give us this victory? We're outnumbered. The, the chariots will just cut through us like a hot, hot knife through butter. Um, and Deborah knows something that Barak has missed, that the battle is, belongs to the Lord, not to the one who has the most chariots or the most horses. And she says, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? And I, the Lord, the God of Israel, will give him into your hand. And he says, and this is, uh, again, one of those times, he says, if you go with me, if, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, surely I'll go with you. But nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And with that, they head off to the battle. If you go with me. You know, Deborah um, is encouraging Barak to, to do, to act on what God has told them. But now she says, okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure you do. And, and Cicero will be sold into the hands of a woman. And, and again, a head to heart. When we hesitate to obey God, we may forfeit the blessing that he intended us to have. And Barak hesitates to obey God, and he doesn't get the glory of the military commander who wins this battle. Well, those are great points when we think of trusting God. But now in the story, Barak and Deborah have gone up. Deborah said, yes, I will go with you. This is a battle God is calling us into, and he has told us the victory will be Israel's. So Sisera, Jabin's general, is told that now Barak and these 10,000 troops have gone up to Mount Tabor. And so he calls out his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him, they went to the river Kishon. And so this river is there. And in different times of the season and the year, this river is barely flowing. I mean, we've been there, Walt, and we've looked out over Megiddo from Mount Carmel and realized, wow, the mighty Kishon (laughs) barely can see it. Yeah, you can jump over the mighty river Mm -hmm. uh, most of the year, especially in the summer and then in the fall. Right. And then, so if you think of... um, an excellent map in the Moody Atlas of the Bible, the historical geography, you've got the Mediterranean. If you put up your left hand, that's the Mediterranean to the west. And then coming inland from the Mediterranean inland is Mount Carmel. And then you come to the Kishon River. A very important point here, as Barak and his troops are up on Mount Tabor, as they've been instructed, as Deborah has come along with them, but God, but God, he is in sovereign control of what? Of the weather, God sent a cloudburst. We're not exactly sure what season it was, but they were not expecting Sisera was not expecting a cloudburst, and the Kishon River overflows its banks. The iron chariots, as it were, lose their power to overcome these opposing forces. Well, Deborah's story is recounted in prose in Judges 4, which is the primary text we're working off of today, but we also want to weave in some verses from Judges 5, because this is her story celebrated in poetry. So in Judges 5, verse 20, from heaven, the stars fought. 
talking about the cloudburst, the rain from their courses. They fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon, march on my soul with might. You know, a head to heart here during life's difficult moments, those hard situations we face, do we turn to the Lord? Do we turn to him? He is the sovereign, the sovereign Lord of all, and he is in control of every detail. You know, it is a choice. It's a choice each of us make to turn to him in prayer, in worship, songs of thanksgiving, always trusting that the almighty God will bring us through every battle we face in life in his perfect time. And as the story continues, these chariots, they're stuck in the mud, and they're worthless as military vehicles. They're, they, they're, they're worse than worthless because now they can't get, up, get out, and the, the forces of the Israel, Israelites, they can come and they can defeat these chariots. And with this, Sisera runs away. Um, most of his army is, is not just defeated, they're dead. And he arrives at the tent of an interesting person, Ja'al, and she met him and said, turn aside, don't be afraid. And he lay down in her tent. And that's important because this is a huge cultural no-no, to be sheltered in a woman's tent. Men don't go to that part of a tent. They're not supposed to ever be there. And she covered up this general with and gave him milk and said, stand at the tent door. I'll, I'll stand there. And anyone that comes, I'll, I'll say, he's not here. And with that, with that, the story continues on. Well, Sisera believed he'd found a safe place to hide and to get some rest. However, Jael viewed this man as an enemy to the people of Israel. She was quite familiar with the hammer and tent pegs because that was the woman's chore to put the tents up as they would move. And then she drove a peg into his temple. And Barak came to Jael as he was pursuing his enemy. And she met him and led him to the tent where Sisera lay dead. The poetic verses tell us in Judges 5.24, most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women, most blessed. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She sent her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet, he sank, he fell, he lay still. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Yeah, and that part of the story, I mean, again, don't think of a little tent peg. This is a huge stake, because they would have to drive it into the ground, and then they would attach ropes to that to hold down huge tents that get quite a bit of of wind there. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel, they pressed hard and harder against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. And going back to Judges 5, it says, So may all of your enemies perish, O Lord. Boy, that's a great phrase. May all of your enemies perish, O Lord, but may your friends be like the sun as he rises in its might. May the friends of you, Lord, 
be like mighty men that rise and that take care and follow after you. And then it's this key phrase ends this story, and the land had rest for 40 years. You know, today we see how one woman was used by God to lead and guide and direct and encourage her people during a time of oppression. Deborah was that decisive figure in the defeat of the Canaanites. Her inner strength and her calm leadership are powerful examples of her trust in God, and she was able to motivate her people to trust him also. And when we have this kind of firm belief in the Lord, we begin to recognize, we grasp hold of the fact that he has a purpose and a plan for each of us. The life journey of Deborah provides another opportunity for us to evaluate our own lives. And by living each day to follow the Lord and obey his commands, to serve others and invite them, invite those other people around us to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Well, friends, once again, until we come together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.